Welcome to the Tate Wheeler Podcast, a podcast about inspiration, perspective, and purpose. Let's do this. In life, our relationships grow at the speed of trust. Let me take you back to the summer of 2002 on a football field at St. Cloud State University. I met a confident, flashy, competitive, athletic wide receiver. Our relationship started off a little rocky because on the same day, Edward met a confident, slightly more athletic, and extremely competitive defensive back. We battled on the field, we fought on the field, and we earned each other's respect on the field. What started off as fighting teammates grew to a friendship, formed into a brotherhood, and became family. Edward DeShazer is the executive director at Greater Holy Temple Christian Academy in Milwaukee. He's the president of Venture Fifth, which provides entrepreneurs with financial solutions, and he serves on the executive committee of the Closing Achievement Gap Consortium. And he's been my best friend for the greater part of 17 years. I believe a true friend is someone who doubles your joy and cuts your sadness in half. You've been a true friend to me for 17 years, and we've had lots to celebrate. Most people would hear my short intro of you and think he must must be successful. And you are. But titles and achievements mean nothing if you're not happy. Tony Robbins says, achievement without gratitude is the ultimate failure. So I want to start with happiness, Ed. You and I have grown up a lot over the years, and I think both of us used to care a lot more about those things, those titles, and what other people think. Perspective has changed. You are way more than those titles. You're a husband, you're a father, you're a man of faith. Talk to me about what real success is. Um, I think for, I, let me start by just thanking you for asking me to be here. It's, it's good to, as I, as I think we've always talked about, it's good to grow together. Absolutely. And I think we've done that since, you know, 2002 to 2020, you know, we have both grown a lot. Um, and our definition of success has grown a lot. You know, for me, when we first met success would have been having, you know, recognition, having money, having material things. And even maybe up to about five or six years ago, a lot of those things were still very important to me. And I will still say, yeah, of course, it's nice to have nice things. Mm -hmm. But for me now, success is much more defined by the impact I'm leaving behind me. Are the people around me good? Is my wife good? Is my son good? Are the kids at the school doing well? And I think people look at titles and when you chase titles, titles can get taken away from you in a blink of an eye yep. as, as I learned, you know, so it's a, a title is temporary, but the impact and the, the change that you leave around you are things that are long lasting. And I think the real success is the, the trail that you leave and the people that you affect around you. Yeah. And I, we, we've talked about this so much. We, we believe that serving a purpose greater than ourselves. And actually, we just got done talking about that with the Kobe Bryant situation. And you had a great way of saying that of, hey, look at look at his real legacy now of how he impacted how he impacted so many people. 
Yeah. Um, you know what the thing about Kobe when you when we were talking about is you look at it and Kobe, the basketball player, that is what you see a lot of people strive to be. I want to be a professional basketball player. But those at some point that has to end. And what do you do with that platform after it ends? You look at what Kobe Bryant did. He went out of his way to affect everyone that he came in contact with. And now <clears throat> after his days are done, you really start to see the success that he had. It was much more than putting a ball in the hoop. You know, you have people that he has nurtured and mentored and developed who are going to carry on his legacy. The, your legacy has to last much longer than you. Mm-hmm. And I think he is a perfect example of how having a, serving a greater purpose, his greater purpose was more than basketball. It was bringing the best out of every single individual, which goes back to the Mamba mentality. It's being... Mm-hmm. 100% of who you can be. And I think that is apparent when you see all the people and how they talk about him and his effect on their lives. Yeah, absolutely. And you and I talk about that as parents too, of a big part of our our legacy rather than these titles and achievements is what's, what's the character in our kids? Like, who are we trying to raise? And you do that. I mean, you're an executive director of a school that comes from a lot of kids that have tough backgrounds. I mean, the... They're trying to change the legacy of their family. And I think that's what gives you so much perspective in life because you see, I mean, just just tell tell the audience some of the things that you see, where these kids come from and, and what you're trying to change. It's, it's one of those things where it only takes one person to change the trajectory of their family. Mm-hmm. You look at a lot of people these days and this, a lot of the successful people came from successful backgrounds. But there's a lot of people who grinded and were the first of that shift in their genera- in their family's wealth and success. And I think when you come from tough backgrounds, it builds resiliency in, in a lot of these kids, which makes them more apt to be able to fight through difficult situations. Um, but it's just pushing these kids to not let their situations define them. You can't let your zip code define you. You can't let your race define you, your religion, mm-hmm. your political background you have to be the best version of who you are and i think that is very important when you're when a lot of the kids that we work with they come from you know lower income areas they come from sometimes single parent households sometimes they come from no parent households where they're staying with grandparents or they're staying with cousins or they're staying with friends and it's you know not letting your situations define you and taking control of that situation and knowing that you have control and you can leave a better, live a better life for yourself, but then also leave giving your children and your other people in your family a better life as well. Yeah, it's so powerful. And I think, you know, building those kids up and, and letting them know, like, just because you're from somewhere or this happened or you don't have this support system, it, it just takes that one person, like you said, to shift their perspective, to really get them on a path that, no, you can be the first in your family to do this. And I think that's so powerful. One area that I wanted to talk to you about is is celebrating. We talked about joys at the beginning. A true friend should double your joy. You've been such a good friend, not only in my life, but in so many people's life, of being able to compartmentalize and, and just be happy for those that achieve something, that happy for those that have success. You're the first one to reach out and send a congrats. And uh, why is that such a purposeful part of your life? 
um, for me, the way I've always looked at my friendships are not as a competition. We complement each other. So I think the mistake a lot of people make is that they compete with their friends. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to motivate and push your friends, but it's not a competition. Just because Tate has success doesn't mean I can't have success as well. And it goes back to the saying of, you know, you are the average of your five closest friends. So if my five closest friends are doing great things and that, and I'm the average of that, that's where I want to be. You, you don't want to be the smartest person in the room. You know, so I like to surround myself with people who are motivated, people who are driven, because that continues to make me drive. You know, I see the great things that you're doing and it's like, you know what? I know I can continue to push myself and do better and better and better. And it's knowing that your success is not at my at, at my expense. It's to my benefit because you and I continue to build each other up. And I have a lot of friends that do that. You know, it's continuing to build and build and build and we can build together. And I think that is the is the is the mentality and the perspective to keep it in is that we're not in a competition. We're all in this in this game together. And as long as we're all moving forward, we're all going to be better off because of it. Yeah. And I love the way that when you and I have talked about this in the past, how you framed that a lot of friendships are built around, hey, I want someone to have success, but not quite as much as I have, because then I, I feel like, you know, I can't, I want to one up them. And that's what I've loved about our, our friendship is we've never done that. We've just pushed each other to be better. And we've always told each other what we needed to hear instead of what we wanted to hear. We told each other the truth and that just built us up more because there were times that we did dumb stuff or we were doing something for selfish reasons. But I would love to just hear you talk on that for a second because you have a great way of breaking that down as far as how someone gets only wants somebody to get to a certain level in life. And, and that's just really, they're missing, they're missing the boat on that. Would you agree? Yeah, no, I definitely agree. It's, it's the mentality of, you know, if you're my friend, I want to see Tate do well, but I don't want to see Tate pass me because I want to be the top dog. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a bad mentality when it comes to any friendship. If, if that is a mentality you have, you have to look at, is this person really my friend? Mm -hmm. because I want Tate to be a, the hundred percent of Tate Wheeler. And if Tate Wheeler's hundred percent is higher than my hundred percent, then that's just what it is. Like it's all about continuing to drive people, to push people. You know, you see the people around you doing well, you have to want more for them. And then in, the, in turn, they're going to want more for you as well. And, and it's all pulling the rope the same direction. But you see a lot of friendships that are treated as competitions it's, you know, I don't want to see take it recognized for his great work because I didn't get recognized for my great work. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's not how it's supposed to be. You know, we're, and you and I are very similar. We're not here for the, for the recognition and for the awards. Like we talked about, those can be taken away in, in a blink of an eye. You look at, you know, we had a situation here yesterday with um, the shooting in Milwaukee. And these are people who all went to work yesterday morning and knew they were going home to eat dinner with their family. So at the end of the day, their whole life got flipped upside down. So with these titles and with these labels, it's those can be in a blink of an eye. You could be a CEO of, an, of a company on Tuesday. You could be dead by Wednesday. Mm -hmm. What else have you done to leave an impact with the people around you and, you, and your friends and your family and, and your coworkers? What have you done? And I think that's an important thing is just making sure 
that the impact you leave is is large and part of that is encouraging your friends to do the same thing yeah yeah none of us if we knew that today was our last day none of us would say bring me all of my awards bring me all of my achievements i want to see them all no we would want to be with the ones closest to us the ones that truly care are our, our closest five our closest family and that's so powerful i want to talk to you about generosity for a quick second because you have always been the first person to step up and lend a helping hand and i know where that comes from in your life but i I think it would be great for you to share about about feeling blessed to be a blessing in life. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, being generous and being giving, a lot of that comes from my dad. I would be lying if I said I was always like that. You know, this is a growth that I had to go through myself. Um, working alongside my dad and watching him, um, one of the things that he always shared is the greatest ability that you have is to be a blessing on others. My dad was the type of person, if he had $100 and someone came and asked him for $90 and he knew they needed it, he would give it to him. And at the time when I first saw him doing that, it was a struggle for me because I'm the type of person at the time that was like, you know, they're trying to take advantage of you. They don't, they don't really need it. They're going to go do this, this, this. It's kind of the, the thing with, when people look at giving money to homeless people. You know, they're like, well, they're going to go spend it on alcohol. And the thing that my dad would say is, you know what, that's not my concern. I, I was blessed with this to be able to give it to others. So that is all I can worry about. The judgment aspect, that's not on me to worry about. So I think for me, it always starts with giving back. You know, I feel the more you give back, the larger your harvest will be in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know the Bible talks a lot about that. And you just have to be willing. I think because I, people know that I'm so willing to give when they need it. When I was in my moment of need, the people around me were very quick to give and support me at the, at the same time. So I, I, you know, you, you give it in the hopes that there's going to be a time when, when you need it. Absolutely. So let's go back to that moment. And I think we all have failed. We've all made mistakes. We've all needed support and love to pick one another back up in life. And one thing that we've been able to do is use, use our fa- failures in life as fuel to push us forward and it's an accountability that all of us need. And one, one year, it was December 20th, 2013, is kind of your rock bottom. And all of us go through adversity life in life, but what matters is how we respond. Take me back to December 20th, 2013. Take me back to that day. So, you know, as you know, and December 20th was probably one of the more difficult days of my life. I was at a fundraiser um, and we were doing some drinking. And at the end of the night, I made a decision that many people make, unfortunately. And I decided to drive home on the way home. It was snowy and I lost control of my car, crashed my car. And I spent the next four days in jail. I spent the next six months going through the legal issues. And then I spent two months in the house corrections and then six months on house arrest. For me, it was a wake up call. It's one of those things where if you don't humble yourself, self life will humble you for you. And it's all about humility. And I needed that 
to get back on the track that I knew I was supposed to be on. So when I spent four days sitting in jail, I got out the day before Christmas. I got on Christmas Eve. And I get out, and the first thing I do is turn on the TV, and I still see my story running on the TV. I open, you know, my get my phone turned back on, and I have hundreds of messages from people reaching out, making sure I'm okay, sending their support. Um, but when I hit rock bottom, the first thing for me was being accountable for my actions. A lot of times people will blame others and say, well, everyone else is doing it. You know, and that wasn't the time for that. I had to take accountability for my actions. And then I had to forgive myself. And that is what many people struggle with when they want to move past their situations is they don't forgive themselves. And you hold on to that. And the only way to move past and to learn from those things, in my opinion, is to start by owning it fully. Don't blame anyone else. It was my decision to do what I did. Mm-hmm. There's no one else to blame. And I had to forgive myself for what I did. But being at rock bottom, when you're at that bottom point, is when you can only go up. So from there, I was able to build and grow back into the life that I knew I needed to leave. Yeah, and I, I remember you calling me because it was Christmas Eve, so you couldn't call me till four days later. And I, I could hear that in your voice right away. You owned it. You knew you made a mistake. And you knew the impact it was going to make. And what was so powerful to me is I knew you had to go back to work and I knew you had to face, you're the, at this, at this point in time, you're the executive director of a school and you had to go back and, and face that. And I, I think we've all made a mistake in life and maybe it's with our parents or maybe it's, um, with a coach or, you know, if you're an athlete, but this, this is real life. Like you made your biggest mistake up until that point and you had to go face your staff team. Tell me about that day. Yeah, that was a difficult moment. So the beginning of every day, we have a morning meeting and I was the one that would always lead it. So I knew that everyone knew because I saw messages, you know, I looked around social media and saw what people were saying. And yeah, there was no hiding from it. No, there was none. And it was embarrassing. And I think a lot of times when you get embarrassed, many people will just fold into a shell and I had to come out and just be in front of it. Like, you know what? I, as a leader and representative of this school, I messed up. It was my fault. You know, I had to apologize to all of them and let them know that, you know, I appreciate their support in many other jobs. If in especially schools, if I would have been in another school and this would happen, my title more than likely would have been taken away. And that's where we talk about titles. They can be snatched with one poor decision that you can lose it. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but thankfully, you know, with, with our school board, they were very forgiving and knowing that, you know, people make mistakes, but they had confidence in me that through that mistake, I would grow. So it was very difficult. Probably the most difficult thing was knowing that there was kids that I let down. They looked up to me and I remember kids saying things to me, you know, we saw you on the news. We saw you on the news. Are you okay? And it's like to know that I let them down and let my son down hurt more than anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's huge. And it was, I think it was a, you've said it before, but that was a pivotal point in your life because you, those moments can either make you or break you. And for you, we've talked about this, but progress in life has people think it has everything to do with speed how fast you can go how fast you can go how fast you can go and progress has everything to do with direction 
And at that point, you were still doing a lot of great things in life, but it was at a speed and a, and a direction that wasn't to your full potential. And that reshifted your direction, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. It's, it goes back to a quote that my wife and I would talk about, and it's, it's less about the speed you're going, more about the direction that you're going. And at that moment, you know, and I, it's a, people see the successes on Facebook and they see the great things you're doing and they automatically just assume that you're such a great person, you know? And for me, that was the case, but you know, I clearly was making some poor decisions in my life and I was moving it. You know, if you watch on Facebook, yeah, it looked like I was moving the right direction, but really I was moving the wrong direction and I was moving that way fast. You know, so I think once that happened, it helped me realign myself and, and focus on the way in the direction that I needed to go. It's better to go the right direction at one mile per hour than it is to go the wrong direction at 50. And I think that was very important for me to realize because I was moving fast. But I was on the path to destruction and I had to be humbled. And it, it took going through that experience to get me back where I needed to be. Absolutely. So this podcast is about shifting perspective to the things that really matter in life, finding purpose and meaning in each day. What would you say to those listening to close us out today about that? Um, we know when it comes to perspective, I think always keeping a positive attitude, you know, wake up with a grateful mind. You know, it's the, the meme where you see the guy driving a nice car and someone in a, le- a, a not so nice car next to him looking at it saying, you know, I wish I had that car. The next person over is on a bike looking at the person in the, in the average car, like, man, I wish I had a car. There's a person on the bus stop looking at the person on the bike saying, I wish I had a bike. Yep. And then you have the person in the wheelchair looking out the window saying, I wish I could walk. You know, we have to keep everything that we're doing in perspective. Like Crystal, who was just on your podcast recently, you know, she is going through one of the toughest battles of her life. So for me, when I wake up and my back hurts, is that something I can should really complain about? Yeah, it sucks. Mm-hmm. But there's so many people going through so much worse that you have to keep that in mind. Like there's people out here that are praying for the problems that I have. We say I that all about. the time. What I take for granted is what someone else is praying for. You know, and it, and it's it's you have to not let your situations define you. Things are going to go wrong in life. You know that that's just part of life. The problem with today is that social media doesn't show for a lot of people when things are going wrong. They don't know the late hours that you spent driving back and forth to a gym. They don't know the winter breaks that I spent sitting at the school, you know, working and going through an audit to make sure that we didn't have any financial issues. People only see the success that they don't see the hard work. But you have to have faith in whatever situation that you're going through that when you get through it, you'll be able to look back in hindsight and say, you know what, I know why I went through that. My wife and I talk about it. We've, we've talked about what through our story. You know, we went each went through the fire to end up exactly where we were at that moment. And had other decisions not been made, we would never have gotten married. And you and I talked about that the other day. You know, had you not made the decision to come to St. Cloud, my whole life would be different. Mm-hmm. You know, had I not made the decision to go to St. Cloud, your whole life would be different. Your kid's mm-hmm. life would be different. Your wife's life would be different. So I think it's just knowing that whatever we're going through is for a reason. There's a purpose behind it. And it's going to be difficult and it's going to help you grow through that difficult 
um, stage of your life. But in the end, you're going to look back and you're going to know there was a reason that you went through it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for hopping on the podcast with me, Ed. It's a pleasure. Of course, I love you. We're, love you too, man. We're, uh, our, our friendship continues to grow 300 miles apart uh, since 2006. And, and I, I know that we're going to continue to push each other to do great things. So appreciate you hopping on. I'm going to close out with uh, something that Ed said made me think of a, my favorite Martin Luther King quote. If you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody, to the podcast. Can't wait to connect with you all again soon.